Three, two, one. I think it's time that we start the conversation to silence the shame. Silence the shame. Silence, silence the shame. Silence is the difference between treatment or pain, life or death. Silence the shame. Speak up now and silence. 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 Silence the shame. What's up? What's up, lovely people? This is Shanti Das. I am your host for the Silence the Shame podcast. A lot has happened since we talked a few weeks ago. Uh, this is episode five, and I'm just, man, we had some really, really good stuff that happened two weeks ago. It was our official launch of our Silence of Shame um, social media global campaign, as well as our mental health fair that we had at Jean Charles Young Middle School. And can y'all believe we got over 90 million impressions? That's crazy. Yeah. Congratulations. Woo-hoo! Congratulations. We Thank you it. so much. And so much more to come. Oh, my God. I'm just so grateful. Um for just people that are just pouring in and so many people that either deal with this indirectly or directly, you know, you just don't realize how many people it affects rather. And so we're just trying to do our part. Um, but excited. I have my girl Cameron in the studio again. She is our silence for shame committee member and just my right hand, my left hand. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just so grateful to have you on the team. Thank you for joining us and sitting in again today. And to my right, I have uh, my new friend and uh, mentee mm-hmm. and young man I'm so proud of, uh, Free the Vision, hey. which a lot of you guys out there in podcast land may have heard of him. He has his own podcast, and he'll tell you more about that. But he's also a writer and an author and an influencer. Hey. How about that? Hey, shout out. Thank you. First of all, thank you for having me. And, y'all, he wrote the article on Silence of Shame on Blavity. Yes. So thank you for using that platform yeah, no for problem. getting our message no out there. No problem. And we're just honored to have you here today. I'm honored to be here. Thank you. And, uh, of course, we got our girl Joy behind the board and a uh, new member of the team, Bistro, in the building, um, filming this for us. And you'll be hearing from him more in the coming weeks. Um, but we're grateful because he's helping us get our life together on the production <laughs> side. <laughs> So we're just we're happy to be here. Um, and we're going to call a young lady that was actually on our panel mm-hmm. two weeks ago. Her name is Teresa Ford, and she's a mental health advocate and has um, experienced a lot over her life. And she's going to share her story with us. So yes. we should give her a call. Hello. Hello, Teresa. Yes. This is Shanti Das. Oh, hi. How are you? Good. Is now still a good time? Sure. So you are on and we're recording now on silence of shame podcast episode five so welcome to the show thank you i'm so honored to have you on today and i just want to say thank you for being a part of our panel two weeks ago sure. uh, your input was priceless and we're just so grateful and uh, thank you for sharing your story today um wanted sure. to have you kind of get into a little bit of your past and tell us um, what it was like growing up with some of the challenges that you had to deal with from a mental health aspect and being a single parent um, and um, talk about all the great work that you're doing today. Well, um, I can speak to growing up. Um, I was never diagnosed as a child, um, but I was put in a category by my community, you Label. know, as someone who was kind of an outsider. Right. So you were immediately labeled in that community? Yeah. I mean, no one ever came right out and said it to my face, but mm-hmm. Um, I was just treated like I was different, mm, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so there was that. Um, I'm sorry you had to experience and, that. Yeah. I mean, you know, whatever doesn't kill you, right. It makes you stronger. Mm, no so, doubt. no doubt. And then as a young adult, like moving into college age, the symptoms became really intense, but I still didn't seek treatment. Um, because in my family, 
no one in my family needed to go to see a therapist or a psychiatrist. That mm-hmm. was for other people. Right. And so that was kind of the um, culture of our family. And I think that's um, the culture of a lot of people's family, not just your family, unfortunately, particularly in the African-American culture. You know, we frown upon stuff like that. And we don't think that we need to see a therapist or a psychiatrist. Um, mm-hmm. So you definitely weren't alone with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the first time I uh, sought out help was I was 21. I was leaving undergrad mm-hmm. and I was told, oh, you just have depression, you know, mm-hmm. take this pill. And I just went along like that for the longest time. Can we go um, back for a quick second? Can you share some of your symptoms um, that you had as a teenager and then move, moving into college for the people that are just tuning in now since we hadn't really mm-hmm. specifically said what your immediate um, diagnosis was I'd love for them to learn a little bit more about your symptoms in case they have children that are experiencing that sure um well when I was labeled with major depression Mm -hmm. um, my symptoms were just feeling down unmotivated um, really difficult to get anything done Mm -hmm. no focus you know just really just not able to function Um, and then moving into a little bit later I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder which um was an incorrect diagnosis. Okay. And that included like mood swings and um, delusions. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was the wrong, it was the wrong um, diagnosis. And, and then three and, years ago, mm-hmm. I was diagnosed with schizophrenia, which was kind of a relief mm-hmm. because um, it explained a lot of my behavior. Right. Um, and the behaviors I'm referring to are things like not being able to process new information. Mm-hmm quickly Mm -hmm. and be able to interact with people okay um voices um, auditory hallucinations Mm -hmm. um and delusions but once i got the correct diagnosis then i got on the correct regimen of medication and the correct um you know time with a therapist then things got better and much better it's interesting because um you know i've experienced that um with someone where it took them several years to get a proper diagnosis. And I think a mm-hmm. lot of the symptoms with certain mental health disorders, um, they mirror one another. They do. And a lot of the doctors have a difficult time pinpointing it sometimes. And the problem is for those that are suffering, you know, it prolongs things for you guys from a treatment standpoint or from us, even, you know, with my own depression, um, it just makes it a lot more difficult and I just yeah. hope that they can do a better job um, in the mental health community. And even from a research standpoint, really more importantly from a research standpoint um, that they can find out how to diagnose people quicker and better medication. So we're, we're so glad that you were able to get properly diagnosed. So what has right. that been like um, since you were properly diagnosed and now that you are on the right medication? Well, um, well, first I need to say that, sometimes it's difficult to diagnose people if they don't tell you everything. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I didn't, wasn't even aware of having auditory hallucinations and I wasn't aware that I was having delusions. Okay. So I didn't report them to the doctor until like 10, 15 years later. Wow. Really? Yeah. So they go by what they know, what they can see in front of them sure. and what you tell them. I just didn't fit into that mold. And so I just didn't talk about it with them. Now, we have another young man who's on the show with us. Say hello to Free. Hey, how you doing? And Cameron, hello. Cameron is with us, too. Cameron is one of our committee members for Silence of Shame, so they may jump in at any time um, and ask some okay. questions. So wh- can you tell me a little bit more about that? Did you just not, were you not able to recognize those symptoms and didn't share them with your doctor or 
what was that like? Um, it was it was um, frustrating because I wasn't initially able to identify what the symptoms were and that they were symptoms. I see. Um, I thought for the most part, some parts of it were just my personality. Mm-hmm. But mm. once I got the diagnosis, I realized I could do something about it. It wasn't, you know, um, doom and gloom. So can I ask you something? When you said that you had auditory um, delusions, is that what you referred to them as? I want to make sure I get it right. <laughs> Auditory hallucinations. hallucinations. That means that I hear things that other people don't hear. Okay, okay. So when that came up to your doctor, was that in something that, like, in passing conversation and then the doctor was able to kind of grasp it? Or is it something that, like, does that make sense? Like, is it something that you were able to kind of, like, explain to her? Like, is it something that, how was the doctor able to actually grasp that that was what it was? When I was a child... And I talked to my grandma about it. She said, well, you know, that's just the Holy Spirit you know, mm. speaking to you. Mm. So that's interesting. That is a very interesting. Yeah. Thing. So like I'm almost 50 and it's, you know, it's only been in the last three years mm. that I was able to let that go. And, um, you know, understand that what I was going through was not anything spiritual. Not that it can't be for other people, sure. but okay, it wasn't right, for me. Right. Sure, sure. Um, was it detrimental? Like the things that you heard, were they detrimental versus... Like, cause for, okay, I'll say for my family that I've heard that before too, right? That that's mm-hmm. like the Holy Spirit or that it's a spiritual experience. So mm-hmm. for some, they see it as like maybe a gift, right? Mm-hmm. But if it's something that's detrimental, that was harmful, that was um, kind of blocking you from your own progress oh, negative or negative thoughts, that's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Well, I've gone through a, um, a series of seasons i like to call them you know there was Mm -hmm. a time when i did get like command hallucinations where the voices were telling me to do things um um and then i went through a period where it was just like constant chatter not talking to me Mm -hmm. just chatter just hearing and i'm sorry i said just hearing the yeah just hearing voices exactly Mm -hmm. and now i have chatter and i have music so Mm. yeah um I don't see it as something bad. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be challenging, you know, when you're trying to uh, interact with other people and just live your life. Sure. But um, I believe that it serves a purpose. And because um, there were times when I got heard voices and they told me not to do something and I didn't do it. And things turned out really well for me. Mm. <laughs> so is it hard to decipher the two? Does that make sense? Like to where maybe one seems helpful and the other seems where one in, could be the Holy Spirit. One could voice. be the Holy if Spirit you're, if you're spiritual, right? You right? Know, right? Versus well, I am spiritual, um, and I can discern, you know, the difference between my voices and and my higher power, mm-hmm. um, because my voices are insistent. When they want mm-hmm. something, they want it yesterday, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So, and um, I should say too, I belong to an organization called the Hearing Voices Network. Oh, and can you tell us about that? Yeah, it's a it's an international network, um, and we have one here in the United States, and we have one here locally in Georgia, mm-hmm. where you learn how to navigate through your voices and bargain with your voices and just um, adapt to them. That's fascinating. It really is. Yeah, it's awesome. So, so now, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that... Um, in April, we had a trainer from the Hearing Voices Network come down to Georgia, and she trained 21 people. So there's wow. 22 people in the Southeast that can do these workshops now. Now, let me ask you a question, um, and forgive mm-hmm. my ignorance, but I, I'm still learning um, as it relates to mental health mm-hmm. and, and trying to do, you know, again, as much as we can with Silence to Shame to get proper and correct information out there. 
So with the mm-hmm. Hearing Voices Network, um, those that attend these workshops and panels, am I is it safe to assume that is everyone diagnosed with schizophrenia <laughs> or no? No, okay. no. And really, the Hearing Voices Network doesn't focus on diagnosis at all. Got they it. don't even... Yeah, then nobody even talks about what they have or what they think they have. Which or... is probably good because no one's labeled. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So the way we look at it is that you're having an extraordinary experience. And mm-hmm. here's an opportunity to sit down and talk about it without somebody sending you to the psych ward. You know? Wow. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes people just want to talk. Can share? I guess I'm sorry? Can, do you have a website for them? Or I guess we can Google it because I love You can I Google listen. Hearing Voices Network USA. USA. Okay. Great. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see if they have um, any, you know, videos or content that we mm-hmm. can check out because it really does sound fascinating. Yeah, they do have some videos on the site. Um, and we're starting a support group June 1st oh, okay. in Tucker. Yes. So people who are interested in hearing voices and support people who have voices or have voices themselves can come and sit for like 90 minutes. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. If you have uh, like a flyer or anything on that, um, we'd love to post that on our social media for you. Sure. Um, just, I'll send it to just, you. Absolutely. To support you guys. Um, can we talk a little bit? I know you don't have a lot of time left and we're so grateful for your time. But can you talk about what it was like being a mother um, or even yeah. or even dating? You know, because we talk. this is one of the topics today that we're talking about, you know, Will people, you know, date someone if they feel like they have a mental health mm-hmm. disorder, which, you know, again, most of us are one event away from a traumatic experience that could lead to something, you know, and others mm-hmm. obviously have more severe cases, but it, it is taboo. It right? is. And so we just wanted your thoughts on that. Well, I'll tell you something. I believe transparency is the road to recovery. And, mm-hmm. you know, I have a blog and I talk about what it's like to have voices and delusions and what the experience of parenting is like when you have a mental illness. Mm-hmm. And, as far as dating goes, um, I just believe in speaking up front. This is what's going on with me. Mm-hmm. If this is a deal breaker for you, then let's we'll just keep it moving. Absolutely. You know? mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Which I think it, it has, should be like that. It has to be anyway. like that, period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of I times agree. people, no matter what you're going through, they don't want to share. Right. And you're exactly. right. Transparency is the best way. Um, mm-hmm. What was it like for your son? Um, did he, how, how did he handle it once and how old was he before you could really explain to him what was going on and how did he handle it? I think, you know, I can't speak for him, but he has, you know, he has shared with me that how, how challenging it was to have a mom with a mental illness Mm -hmm. because it was just me and him. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like me, you know, a a husband without a mental illness and him, it was just me and him. Right. And it's only in the last two years Mm -hmm that he's gotten to the point where he's like, okay, this is what you got. What do we do to fix it? (laughs) You know, and Mm -hmm. he's been able to come and understand that some behaviors were not like intentional to hurt him, that they were a product of the illness. How old is he? He's 20. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you Mm -hmm. guys are definitely at that point. And can you share with us some of the, the advocacy work that you are doing in addition to the hearing voices network? You know, how can we support you? How can we find out more about, your blog, and I know you speak a lot as well. Um, so just give us a little bit more information on some of the well, work you're doing. I'm, yeah, it's only in the last two years that I've kind of looked beyond my own personal experience mm-hmm. to help other people. Um, That's just still to, an just accomplishment, in, so congratulations for absolutely. that. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. But, I mean, I guess I feel like everything that I have been able to do 
for other people started out with me just wanting to do that for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I joined NAMI, National Alliance okay. on Mental Illness. Yes, they're friends. And I was, the NAMI Georgia chapter is our friend. We, we love those guys. Oh, cool. So we we um, have NAMI DeCab here in Decatur. Okay. And so I went from being what they call a consumer to a board member. So I'm on the board for them. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah we just did an event uh, Friday night called... Um, the NAMI vigil mm-hmm. where people come out and they just honor the people who have experienced mental illness as well as their supporters. Mm, I like that. And yeah, and then in October we'll have a walk, which is a fundraiser for yes, the group. Yes, we are going, Silence of Shame is actually going to support you guys. And so oh, good. help raise some funds. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. That's awesome. That's great. So is it That's anything great. else you'd like to share with us? How can we find your blog or are you on social media? Um, I'm on Facebook um, okay. and my blog it's kind of long. Okay. <laughs> it's T- Teresa Michelle Ford, one L in the Michelle, mm-hmm. dot blogspot.com. Dot blogspot.com. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, w- would you mind, um, and of course it will get prior approval, but we just launched, our, relaunched our website, silenceofshame.com, and we have a blog section. So we'd love to repurpose some of your blogs if you're open. Sure, um, that's we'll fine. That'd you, be great. We'll give you credit um, and have a link to your site, but we would love to to share your story. Um, sure, that's outstanding. I That'd think be great. What, I think one, you know, my heart goes out to you, um, and I'm just so grateful for what you've been able to do in the last few years, and and grateful for a proper diagnosis for you. You are a wonderful person. Um, Thank you. And your son, I was so impressed when I met him, and it's just a testament to you and for what you've been able to do with all you had to endure. And so just consider a friend in silence to shame and, and we hope to work and collaborate more with you. And I know your son is studying music, so we hope to hear mm-hmm. a lot of good things from him. Um, yep. And we're here to support. Awesome. That's great. Well, thank you again for calling in and uh, sure. I will be in touch soon. Okay. Take right. care. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Wow. That was powerful. And, you know, hearing from someone who, and not to diminish anyone's mm-hmm, mm-hmm, diagnosis right. of what they've gone through, but I certainly, even with my depression, I, you know, I didn't experience, you know, yes. some of the hardship growing up of having a, a mental health issue that was more severe. Mm-hmm. Now, I have a family member that has experienced a lot, and even my cousin was schizophrenic growing up. So that was, you know, obviously a lot more severe. But just to hear her. Now mm-hmm. and and all that she's gone through, what a powerful testimony! And mm-hmm. and I hope it doesn't sound ignorant to say, but just in conversation, you know, you never can tell. Who, like she said, the doctor can only diagnose what they see in front of them. Right. You never can tell what a person's kind of going through. Mm-hmm. And so, like, um, one of the things about the voices that she said, I've recently had a conversation with a friend of mine who's deaf. Okay. And when we were we went to high school together, and I asked in high school, and I'm. I was ignorant, mm-hmm. but I was asking, like, can you hear yourself think? Because mm. it's different to us. Like, you yeah. know, and she explained to me, like, well, when you think about it, what you, quote, unquote, hear yourself thinking is not really a voice. You know, it's just kind of like knowing what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. So even if you have a song stuck in your head, it's not your voice that you hear singing it. And so that's like kind of interesting, like a dynamic to hear her say that some people say that it's the Holy Spirit or like, how do you discern the difference? I think that's a whole different 
topic. Yeah, like that. That is that's like a, I want to be able to bring in some experts. Yes, we should reach out to the Hearing Voices. That's a great network. topic. We love to have them on the show, yeah. and then I would love to have a pastor on the show. Yeah, so oh, that would be so good. Ooh, okay, y'all. Yeah, have, look, it's a good we got day. Content covered, baby. <laughs> content, content. That's a good topic. I that's mean, an but excellent I, topic. I am just so fascinated by the mind. Um, my Me sister. Too who was a panelist um, and shared her journey um, of having a loved one dealing with mental health issues. She's in school now to become a licensed clinical counselor. And so she was just saying how she's so fascinated with Mm -hmm. the mind, Mm -hmm. you know, because when you look at a lot of people in society, um, some of our great innovators, you know, and inventors and leaders, Mm -hmm. you know, they suffer Mm -hmm. and people think, I just hate that it's still, I think, those that negative connotation out there when you say you're um, suffering from either depression or anxiety or schizophrenia or bipolar. And it, a lot of people just immediately want to think like, oh, you yeah. know, you fragile, poor person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I don't want to hurt you. Or I don't want to be around you. Yeah, These yeah, are yeah. brilliant minds. Definitely. And so that's another thing that we want to do from a silence of shame perspective is to pull that stigma back just to show the brilliant mind and you know sometimes um with some of the people that i speak to i explain that um for some of them you are just the person who's unable to be conditioned Mm, you know so like a lot of times we look at the capacity of a person's intelligence based on like how much they could retain but some people can't retain and they can create though right and so like or they retain so much right 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 can't process on a basic level and it gets to a point where you have some people who are so intelligent because genius is a just a high end of the spectrum you know what i mean so like if a person's a genius that's kind of it's kind of a um it's a slippery it's a slippery slope it is a slippery slope. That's and a great that's way to put it. And that's not a negative thing. No, it's not a negative thing. But the thing is that you can get to a point where you're so intelligent that you lack the ability to communicate with the common person. Correct. Because they can't quite process what you feel or mm-hmm. what and you're trying to say. And not moving at the right. same speed. Right, right. So it's a, it's a beautiful thing sometimes. Absolutely. You know, like when you're able to not necessarily be conditioned to the norm and you're able to kind of look at life a little bit different because those people end up changing the world or the way we see it absolutely it is a blessing like with Teresa that when you can get to a point where you can be properly diagnosed yeah so that you can because you suffer so long you, up into you know, that somewhat point of whatever normal is right everybody has a different norm that's true right? mm-hmm. so I hate to just say what's normal for me should be normal for someone right, else because right, I right. don't think that's the case at right. all but to live your best normal life right 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 absolutely um and I think oftentimes people don't get diagnosed properly. And when you are hearing some of those, she called them com- the commands of hallucination, yeah, I yeah, think. Yeah. Um, and they're from a negative standpoint. Mm-hmm. And that's when you, obviously you need the medication mm-hmm. to balance out the, the chemical imbalance mm-hmm. um, that's already there. But wow. That's Whew. deep. I'm just, wow. That's very deep. Cause, and maybe I should have asked then, but it just kind of came to me. Like, um, So a little known fact about like Harriet Tubman, right, okay. is that she was um, hit in the head by like one of her mm-hmm. masters when something happened. Mm-hmm. And it made her start having like spells where she would black out. Oh, I didn't know that. But when she blacked out, she'd have visions. And those visions helped her oh, wow. like lead people to freedom. Really? Right. So some of those things kind of like could teeter the line yeah, you know what i you mean just don't know. because you don't it's know it's all relative to mental health right, right in the brain right right in the brain that's yeah. the main focus mm-hmm. like so even f- autism is not 
considered a mental health disorder. Really? I didn't know that. When you when you talk about um, specific illnesses, mm-hmm. in term, well, let me not say it's not considered. No, no, no. I get when, what you're saying. If, when people have common conversations, mm-hmm. they loop together bipolar, depression, anxiety. But mm-hmm. then autism, even though it's an issue with the brain, it's not looped in necessarily. Okay, you know, okay, I understand what disorders. you're saying. So I wanted to clarify that because no, I'm not a doctor and I don't mm-hmm. proclaim to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all the mind. It's all the is mind. What I'm trying to say, and everybody's mind works differently. Brain. Exactly. Everybody's mind works differently. It's really interesting to see how people, mm, some cope, and how some are like when you get to that point, And that might have been another good question. When did you know that? Like, no, now I need to go mm-hmm. and seek help. You know, because I think that's part of it. Is that, like, for my family, for example, mm-hmm. like there's people in my family that. I guarantee you, if I explain to you all of the things that they've done and what they go through, mm-hmm. um, they have mental health issues. Mm-hmm. But your normal is built on your family structure, the people who are around you. Right. So if you treat this as like, no, nah, that person's just kind of off or they're crazy or whatever, but they're normal to us, they're our problem, right. quote unquote, right? Right. Then you never think that you need to go get help. Mm-hmm. You don't know when you like when's the point mm-hmm. that too much is like enough. Yeah, you know. So that's kind of like a hard thing. To... And then I've experienced, you know, people that I know that have um, certain disorders and they have multiple disorders. Yes, and it gets really tough because for them, just basic processing, like we talked about earlier, they they just they don't process things the same. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not you know, normal to them to think that they even need help. Right. You know, and so that's that's a big issue um, that, you know, again, if you don't have people like yourself, mm-hmm. you know, looking at what's going on mm-hmm. and saying, okay, this might be normal to us, but it really isn't, mm-hmm. then they won't know to get help. Right. Or, or they can't be encouraged, right. you know, to get help. So kudos to you for for doing that. Um, but I want to talk about you right now. Okay, yeah, okay. Can we talk about you? Yeah, I just wanted to say one Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just going back to the spectrum of just mental health disorders, it's funny that you say that, you know, we are so quick to group together bipolar disorder, depression, mm-hmm. anxiety, and not think about these other things. But in the same hand, we will identify somebody as having a mental disorder and we would automatically assume that they're not functioning at a high level. Right. Right. I am a high-functioning depressive person. Mm-hmm. I graduated from Howard University, Phi Beta Kappa Summa Cum Laude. Hey, come on. And I tried wow. to slip my wrist my senior year. Mm-hmm. Like, all of those things happened. Mm-hmm. And I have always, always, always tried to control what I cannot control, and that, mm-hmm. for me, has been school. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. also, look at those high-achieving people because they might be suffering from depression or anxiety. Very true. Just oh, the yeah. same way that, you know, someone who is having trouble communicating or might be slipping in school is because this spectrum is so wide and we just don't really think about all the different angles that people might be coming from or how they might be experiencing it. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you said that, Cameron. Um, there was an article, or actually a video piece, content piece, that CNN.com posted about three weeks well actually i think it was in late march early april and then it kind of resurfaced around mental health month Mm -hmm. which is may but they were talking about the secret in silicon valley Mm. and i watched it and you know it was very sad uh there was a gentleman who was like a senior vp at ebay Mm -hmm. and he took his own life oh wow um i want to say he stepped in front of either a train or a bus um but high functioning Mm -hmm. extremely successful 
married with two beautiful children. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the point of this mini documentary was really just to show how many people are suffering um, that are entrepreneurs mm-hmm. out in Silicon Valley. And it was very hush hush. The community mm-hmm, didn't want to mm-hmm. talk about it. But now there are some entrepreneurs that are kind of leading the charge there. And whether they're holding, you know, support groups or encouraging therapy sessions, you know, because think about it, right? You get an opportunity to start your own business, right? So Mm -hmm. you have this startup and then you go from a couple hundred thousand and then you get these investors. Now you're up to, you know, 10, 15 million. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? Those investors the, the stakes are high yeah. for that return mm-hmm. on the They're investment, kind of new that ROI, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so the pressure to know that, okay, we got to make, you know, a 50 million, 60 million quota. Mm-hmm. Think about that kind of pressure mm-hmm. in itself. And so it drives people to the point of having mental health issues of mm-hmm. depression, anxiety, you know, suicidal thoughts. And so a lot of that is running rampant now in Silicon Valley. And I'm just glad that they're bringing the attention to it. Um, Silence to Shame was mentioned in an article on Forbes.com. Shout Yay, out. Shout out to Rich Winley, who's mm-hmm. a writer at Forbes. Um, and it talks about that and the pressures of being an entrepreneur. And um, yeah, it, it's that's it's just, difficult. It is very difficult. But it are there are so many, to Cam's point, high functioning, high achievers that are out there suffering, but not talking about it. Well, the thing is, you know, back to that point of like genius, like and I don't. This quote may be improper, but um, I know many people have heard like there's a fine line between genius and insanity with insanity. But the thing is, like you can't be, quote unquote, socially normal to change it. Mm -hmm. You know, you just can't because then you would see things like everybody else sees it. You'd stay a consumer. You would Mm -hmm. just you have Mm -hmm. to be able to look at this or see the problem or recognize that something different is possible Mm -hmm. and then pursue that and so your mind already has to work completely different and every artist tends to like suffer or battle some form of personal issue Mm -hmm. you know whether it's like inadequacy depression anxiety well because there's so many highs and lows too right right you know even not just maybe i don't know if you were referring to a music artist or a fine artist Mm -hmm. but just people in the spotlight Right. right, or people that even run the companies. It's mm-hmm. a lot of pressure there. Mm-hmm. And so if you already, you know, have any sort of chemical imbalance that could allow you um, to look at things differently, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe there's a chemical imbalance, but part of the balance, though, is actually a good thing. For yes. You because you do perceive things differently and you have a gift to be able to do certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you add those stressors mm-hmm. of stress and pressure mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, and that's when it ends up being too much to bear almost you know and and you know i'm just so sad about the gentleman from soundgarden yeah um, that took his own life yeah 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 Um, yeah. so shout out to chris and his family um thank you for your years of music and we hope you are resting peacefully now Mm -hmm. um it's just it's really sad it is something that we one have to start talking about more in the entertainment community. Definitely. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. And it's like the, um, I don't know if anyone saw the interview with um, B.O.B. Mm-hmm. No. Um, on um, Breakfast Club. I didn't. And he said. Just some, recently? Recently. And, and Bob has a, a lyric in his new album, um, Ether, mm-hmm. where he was like, I have a confession. I suffer from depression or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so they asked him about it. And he's like, you know, I think that all of us kind of have this like let's say a spectrum of what we deal with Mm -hmm. but 
some are really high and some are really low. And sometimes because it's not um, as aggressive as some other cases, we may not call it. You know, like a, right. a, a depression or like something else. Or even else. a mental health issue. Or a mental health issue. That's yeah, it. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And everybody, you know, so coping or healing is done differently for each person. Absolutely. Some people are able to channel it. Like, um, is it Van Gogh that cut off his ear or something? Something had to be up, you know, mm-hmm. for him to do something like that. But he's a great artist. You know what I mean? So if you have these people who are able to use their... Um, struggles or battles and turn them into work or mm-hmm. creativity or something kind of productive or positive, then they also may go without feeling the need to diagnose mm-hmm. because they've used it to work for their better and they see that better as their healing, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. What a great first segment. Right. I agree. That was really powerful. And so now we know we have another show that we got to put together. Yes, yes, yes. Um. But now I want to get into a little bit about you, Free, and your career and okay. what you've done, what you're doing. I know you're, you've you written a book. I have. Because you were selling the books at our uh, symposium. And thank you so much for that. Y'all got me so much love. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Glad to be able to help. And so share with us what you're doing and also what you're trying to do um, with a certain segment of our population, meaning African-American males. Um. So what I do, I, I have a couple of podcasts that I work with. Um, One of them, the one that I do directly by myself is called Running Free, and that's on Mm -hmm. ablradio.com. But I do a podcast. I write, like you said, I just put out a book. Um, And what I do with the African-American males that you're speaking of is that I have a lot of friends where black men are not very, um, they're not very openly emotional. Except on The Bachelorette. Did I say them brothers last night? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm digressing. <laughs> no but problem. No, Those, you're right. You know, they're not. They're right. not really, because that is a form um, or has been taught maybe as a form of weakness. Mm-hmm. But I think that when you can find African-American men who have an excellent camaraderie amongst each other, sure. then they tend to be a lot more open with each other, mm-hmm. right? So I've always kind of been blessed to where I've had the ability to, talk to people in general um no matter who they are what they're going through and so i noticed you never meet a stranger i never meet a stranger and so like i noticed that when i would kind of like talk to my boys or especially people who are because a lot of my friends are entrepreneurs um and creatives in their own right and so when i would talk to my boys or talk to other african-american men like they would come and kind of like lay out these man, like, I'm going through this, you know, people don't know how bad the struggle is, this, this, and this, and I have to go through this, and no one knows if I'm, like, you know. So you were almost like their therapist. Right. Always, Indirectly. Though. Indirectly. <laughs> yeah. Always, though. And, I mean, that dates back to my childhood and adults who would be friends of my family members or or actual family members who were adults, so that's just always been a thing. Mm-hmm. And so I started to kind of, like, um put together, like, group meetings where, you can discuss all of the things that kind of come across your mind. Okay. You know, so like this could be, it could be as light as pop culture to as heavy as like, you know, spirituality and or mentality or your mental state or some ideas that you feel another person may perceive as quote unquote crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, because there, for me personally, there came a time where I was starting to experience that feeling of not really being able to relate to a lot of common things around me and like what 
just um I didn't really care about what was going on like in on a surface level pop culture or just the news or like all of those things I felt kind of heavy you know mm-hmm. so like let's say for example what's going on in Manchester or different things like that or and the more you know or the more you research and the more you learn or whatever you're feeding into your mind becomes the more your, more of your concern mm-hmm. you know so like um that could be anything from like different things from and so not you to, felt like you were kind of withdrawing I was withdrawing definitely was really going on in definitely yeah. definitely and as a matter of fact society. right and so my book fragmented reality is about um I believe life happens to you in pieces it doesn't happen as a whole thing right mm-hmm. so I break up my experiences into different like poems thoughts prayers um and things that I was going through and writing was like my therapy right mm. so in one of them I talk about being numb were you ever diagnosed with depression no okay no and I never I never seeked it either okay so as a child um and this is really this is a crazy story um as a child when I was in the first grade my first grade teacher, we were experiencing some racism, you know, when we first moved to Georgia. Mm-hmm. And my first grade teacher was sending all of the, like, black males to the school psychiatrist and getting them diagnosed for, like, ADHD. Mm-hmm. And so they were, pers- like, all of the black males were on Ritalin. And so this Ritalin was brand new then. And so my mom was kind of like, they, they went to do that for me. My mom was like, well, no, nah, we have insurance. I'll take him to an outside um, psychiatrist and so I went to the psychiatrist and the psychiatrist actually really l- l- I guess liked me isn't the best term but they she did mm-hmm. and she was like I would like to keep talking with him but there's nothing wrong with him if anything he might be he might be under challenged he's not challenged mm-hmm. in the class and so my mom wrote back to the teacher that I started the Ritalin uh. instead of telling her that what the psychiatrist said so she said that he started the Ritalin, and so we're about to see how this goes. And so within like a month or so, the teacher wrote back, like, ever since he started Ritalin, he's been great. Hmm. And, <laughs> you know, so, wow. like, that kind of became this big thing. Like, my mom ended up going to the school, like, I want her job because mm-hmm. I talked to all these other parents and found out that all of these boys are on Ritalin and on these drugs. And, you know what I'm saying, that might not be what their what issue is. Need, yeah. You know, so... um. In that case, so because that happened, I never went about seeing anyone else. Yeah. You know, that not was to a bad say, experience. right? That was a bad experience. Mm-hmm. So that's not to say. And I remember as I grew up, and I said, the more my career continued, I think that it would be good to see someone just to at least keep me grounded. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's not to say because I don't think that you have to quote unquote have something wrong with you to need someone to talk to. I agree, a hundred percent. You know, so that's I think how you can hopefully prevent. Absolutely. You know, if you're not already born or predis- predisposed to a mental health disorder or one mm-hmm. that's more aggressive or serious, being able to talk to a therapist, you know, that's a good way. Definitely. You know, to hopefully prevent that. Right. And unpack your thoughts because right. sometimes, you know, what you might think is um a problem might not be a problem and what you think is normal may not be and normal's the wrong word. What you think is a problem may not be a problem. What you think is right. not a problem could be. And sometimes you can talk yourself into a downward spiral. Very true. And the, the regular stressors that we have in life can lead us down a road of depression mm-hmm. or other things or anxiety. Definitely true. Yeah. Definitely true. So, like, I just um, kind of started doing, like, a natural thing where I put together a group me, and um, I didn't even expand it beyond that. But the guys started kind of, like, responding so well to it. And um, I still kind of play that role for others, and I think it's because it's 
like my thing too, therapy is a two-way street to me. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, some pastors say, like, if I'm pastoring you, I'm pastoring me. You know, if I'm telling you my the things that you're going through, sometimes the answer that I need is the advice that I'm giving you. You know, mm-hmm. so like I'm telling you, it's easy. It's easy to advise someone mm-hmm. to say like, okay, from the outside looking in, maybe you need to do this and maybe this. Mm-hmm. But usually that's harder to take. And really you're talking to yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and people are just acting like a mirror for you. What do you mm-hmm. think about that, Cam? And you've, you've had therapy sessions for years. I think that is very, very accurate. Okay. Like, <laughs> okay. I hope I'm on the right path with this. No, man. no, no, yeah. absolutely. This is yeah. your journey. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. You're sharing your story. Yeah, yeah. So it's there just. There's no right or wrong track. This mm, is your track. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And so I've just noticed that it's kind of been helpful to all of my friends and then the ones that they kind of bring in. And so I think that what I would like to do, because I haven't done it yet, because the guys are still. Like, you build a comfort zone, Mm -hmm. and the guys are still kind of like, eh, I don't really want to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know that, you know what I'm saying? Like, so because it's kind of like that, um, what I would like to do is create different environments, and I have an idea of um, how I'm going to start doing it, Mm -hmm. but I want to create different environments where they feel comfortable to bring about, like, something that's beyond sports and that's what I told them when we started the group. Like, Mm. let's talk about something that's not sports, because I'm not Mm -hmm. a sports person, personally. (gasps) I'm just not. Oh, you sin. Yeah. Out of me. <laughs> right. No, right. Kidding. Right. I am the biggest I know. fan I know. of life. I'm, well, and my, football, football, football. Right. And it's the opposite, like, for That's me and funny. my sister, which is ironic, but it is. So, you know, like, I'm because I'm not really, like, big on the sports thing, mm-hmm. guys would come and be like, hey, you see the game last night. But if I don't <laughs> know. You know right. what I'm like if I tell them that then our conversations get cut short yeah. and so I would always tell them like bro we can talk about more than sports right. you know what I'm saying but that's cool though that you're opening up that outlet for them yeah right? yeah yeah to be able to talk about yeah they're, and it's cool because I think that now and maybe this is a good trend but it has its you know negatives too that now it's becoming kind of trendy to be quote unquote woke you know, so people, and that's, yeah. and you know I mean, what I mean? I think some people take it the wrong I, way, but I, I applaud those people that are out there that are, from a woke standpoint, meaning they're concerned about what's going on in their community. They're more aware. Right. And they're doing more than posting on social media. I agree with you. That's the difference, I right? agree with you. I, I mean, God bless all the woke people on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. All the meme posters. And now, yeah, but <laughs> we need you to do more than just to be woke on social media. I agree. You got to write to your representatives, your state representatives, your senators, your congressmen and, or, or women. And, and that's how you ch- make and bring about change yeah. in your community. You got to do more than just post. I wholeheartedly agree. But I think the thing about that trend is that it's calling people to pay attention to their thoughts. Mm. and i think that for a while that's a good way to think about it you know and because like for a while i feel like we went through a segment of time maybe a decade almost where people just tapped out of the thinking Mm -hmm. it felt like no one was really like just considering like is this something that i really need to be consuming is this something i need to consume a lot of you know like what is this doing for my mental but do you think that well you were saying what does that do for my mental state do you think that makes people afraid by paying more attention to how they're thinking or what they're thinking, um, if their thoughts sound like other people, I'm not. Well, I I would hope not, but I think that what it kind of causes is a level of awareness, 
And um, no one wants to be died. And I talked to someone at the um, Silence the Shame event about this. Um, no one wants to feel diagnosed or labeled or labeled. You know, they want to feel like, you know, so they'll go into these like the um, lady said earlier. They go into these um, sessions and they hold back because they feel like you're trying to get something from me. Mm-hmm. But like with the group, with the guys, if you're engaging somebody in thought and you're challenging them to continue, like just there's times where me and um, some of my friends will be talking. I'll say, just say it until you can't kind of like make sense of it. And I think people do that in general. I actually, so I'm late to the party, but I just started watching Shots Fired. And I'm like, oh, that's my show, I dog. It, but I, so good, but I heard it's getting canceled. I'm so no, about don't that. tell me that. So I don't know. Well, hopefully it's, Maybe. it's not. Fox, if you're listening, um, don't cancel the yeah, show. Yeah, don't cancel the show. But anyway, so um, it didn't so not like Lathan's character, because she's a policeman, yep. she was actually seeing a therapist on one of the episodes mm-hmm. that I saw, and she was kind of fighting. Mm-hmm. It, it was almost like, you know, tough girl, you know, hands crossed, like, I don't need to be here, you know, but they were trying to pull something out of them, but mm-hmm. she just wasn't giving No. And I think we, we find that, again, in our community, um, when people feel like they're forced to do something or you, you, you convince them to go see a therapist, yeah, it takes several sessions for people to open up or even talking to you as a friend. Yeah, yeah. I think people don't initially volunteer. Yeah, I've had a friend who, who kind of like went off on me and was like, yo, son, like, I don't need a doctor. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, bro. You know what I'm saying? I just kind of let him have his moment. And then he came back to me later like, you know, I apologize for that, but I didn't want to feel like because he initially reached out to me when I wrote one of the first articles. Um, I wrote an article entitled um, Black Men Are Going Crazy. Mm. And it was about like right at the height that we had like all nine. And not to say that this isn't happening still or as much, mm-hmm. but when we had those public like nine killings of Mike Brown and then yeah. all of these people back to back. And it was kind of like, if you can pay attention to advertising and know what that does for the mind by seeing things repetitively, then you have to recognize that seeing violence to no resolve for black men does something. Yeah, and it, it, it leads to PTSD. That's exactly what it... For a lot of black men in our community. Man. And, and it's not diagnosed, but even the children. Can you imagine being a child mm. in the hood, seeing yes. somebody... Yes. You know, get shot in front of you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this happened. So to your actually um, kind of a, a spin to your point, mm-hmm. it's still happening. It's still, you know, mm-hmm. that some of our young uh, African-American men are getting shot. The young man who was coming from a party, this was in Atlanta like three weeks ago. He was in the car with two, two of his friends, mm-hmm. and they were leaving a, a house party. And the police, for whatever reasons, because it, yeah, you know, it's still an ongoing about. case. Mm-hmm. Open fire on Open the car. Open fire, and it shot the kid in the head. Mm-hmm. So can you imagine what those other two kids right now, the trauma, mm-hmm. the depression, the anxiety that yeah. they're going through right now? That's, yeah. That leads to PTSD. Yeah, definitely. That, and that is post-traumatic stress, stress syndrome. disorder. Yeah, disorder. At its finest right there, seeing a kid being blown up in front of you. And that's happening in our communities, whether it's Chicago, whether it's Atlanta, a lot Jersey. of our urban, yeah, in our yeah. urban communities. And, you know, that's what the whole premise of the um, – article was is that i gave the definition to ptsd okay and i said based on all of the things that happen in our community mm-hmm. that is the direct 
syndrome that yeah. they would be you know dealing, dealing with, with. Yeah. you know and i think that um for anyone but who you just, only think war when you, you only that. think of war and this is um if for anyone who has time and you want to learn something amazing mm-hmm. look up um dr joy degree i think is her name and it's called post-traumatic slave syndrome oh wow post-traumatic slave syndrome it is going to blow your mind she's a sociologist um, and she might have even studied psychology, but she went to um, just to give a brief. She went to like her board of, you know, um, colleagues mm-hmm. and said, when I looked in, looked up PTSD, I noticed that they listed as examples things that can make a person have um, PTSD were like the Holocaust, 9-11, tragedies, yeah. all of these different things. And she was like, why wasn't slavery listed? Mm. And they were like, she said all of her colleagues fought her and were like, ah, well, you know, you can't really say for slavery that it was this. And she was like, what's the, think about, are you kidding me? It's mind blowing. (laughs) It's mind blowing. So just when you say one of those situations that happened were more important than than the the other. other, Absolutely. But it's still, I mean, it's if those situations, if you can recognize the the violence and um, mental anguish of those situations, there's no way to not be able to see it with slavery. Mm -hmm. And so she breaks down how that is something that has led to the way we raise our children, the way that, you know, like, PTSD today for well, it's a, in the at community. Least our thought process exactly. from a lot of our parents exactly. and grandparents. Exactly. And yes, they needed to see counselors. They needed counselors. Mm-hmm. They or maybe some of them even needed medication. Definitely. Yeah, that is absolutely a link. Definitely, definitely. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, no problem. That is that's something that um as a matter of fact, that might have been the thing that kind of changed my process of thinking mm-hmm. after I saw um saw her speech. And it's just so mind blowing that I think on a daily basis, and you kind of, and I'm not a doctor, like you said, I don't proclaim to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a person who just like likes to pay attention and analyze. But you kind of can look at societies and tell some of the issues that they have based on the things that happen in them. Mm-hmm. You know, so like if you go to other cultures, they deal with different levels of mental illness because there's some things that are just not culturally relevant to them. Sure. So I think that, like, all of that matters, and I don't think that we – I think now, I really do believe now, especially with things like Silence to Shame and just multiple other people in in the public eye starting to be more honest about it, I think now we're starting to kind of, like, look at our mind and the way we work and realize that, like, your mind is the most important tool. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the most important asset. And that's really what I – the angle that I came from was, like, just mental empowerment. It wasn't even – to touch on mental illness mm-hmm. until you start realizing like oh well maybe some of those things affect the other yeah you know what i mean yeah. and so they just run into each other i think it's great i love the work that you're doing thank you, you know we want to continue to support you um you have already sparked i think three new show topics yeah <laughs> right today, just from the conversation i have more for you because <laughs> even you know i'd like to do a specific show around ptsd yeah you know, and have several people on to talk about it from different angles right because mm-hmm. um, i'm sure like counselors you know, in and from a high school perspective can talk about it or mm-hmm. someone in the community, um, even someone on the police force, you know, yeah. who sees it in, in addition to, to those that have served in the military and, and psychiatrists and so forth. So mm-hmm. whew, we have really talked about a lot today. This we is have. awesome. Um, 
we just have so many great things that we are continuing to plan, Cameron, mm -hmm. with the committee. Um, we are almost at the end of uh, Mental Health Awareness Month for mm -hmm. May. Um, we want to just encourage you to, you know, continue to log on to our website, silenceofshame.com, um, listening to our podcasts, uh, following us on social media, on Instagram, at Silence to Shame. Um, and even our Facebook page, which is uh, at Silence to Shame now, we try to give like, you know, helpful articles and yeah. information. So even as you come across things, I'd mm -hmm. love to even post about the post-traumatic uh, slave, slave syndrome. syndrome. I think that's fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, so we have a lot of great things planned. I'm also launching this week, which is so funny how um, how the mind works. <laughs> mm -hmm. mind. Mm -hmm. I had a crazy dream the night before last and. I love this. It's 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 really interesting <laughs> how you can wake up and continue what was going on in your dream. Yes. A lot of times you wake up and you forget, right? Yes, what yes, the yes. dream was about. And you're like, Oh, I know that was crazy, it was weird, but I can't remember it. Mm -hmm. So I was a little stressed out in my dream, which, you know, last week was kind of a stressful week for me. because um, I had to deal with some medical stuff. But um I woke up and I was like so in my dream I was thinking I need to start exercising and, and really just getting back going and motivated because mm -hmm. that helps get the endorphins going which you know a lot oftentimes that helps with stress and anxiety and depression so i woke up at five o'clock in the morning and made a playlist an apple playlist mm -hmm. um, and it's going to be on spotify also but i have 50 songs and it's just a bunch of like that that's so dope it, it, i mean and, and i'm gonna you tell should you like release people, uh for real for so real i'm trying to see if i could get um a digital utilize the digital platform and get a blog or somebody to put it out for me so i'm reaching out to some of my folks and right. see if they'll post it for me this week but i mean i have everything from like sting to robbie neville we're going back to like the 80s outcast madonna outcast <laughs> even made it though we brought a current rihanna's on there mm -hmm. uh, got katie perry roar um earth wind and fire september and so the goal so i'll read you my um my little intro of what it is today we silence the shame we work to let go of the depression or get through the other disorders with fewer days of sadness and no more shame whatever mental health illness you are dealing with we will fight to erase the stigma get the help needed and then we dance we dance we groove we flow and we dance again mm. and can so, i give you a song for that so for, so so this is actually the first one is entitled silence to shame stigma free 1.0 so okay. it has 50 songs guess what next month we'll have 2.0 okay so we're actually gonna get um recommendations okay because I, I got a the song inaugural for you. playlist is already set okay um and we're gonna launch it this week but it's 50 songs and i got um, a perfect song for i mean i got michelle williams on here toby mack yeah bobby mcfarren yeah. i even took it back in the day to cybertron and craft work Mm -hmm. from the 70s so it's a little it's a little bit of jazz that's such a great idea electric music mm -hmm. uh r&b hip-hop funk pop that's a great idea christian inspirational music and so i wanted to give everybody a little something and a little taste so we're launching the silence of shame podcast this week because again as we know working out really helps a lot of those stressors mm -hmm. and so we're just going to try to offer so much to the community um, i like this with silence of shame and then in july which is minority mental health so month excited. Mm -hmm. We are doing our first ever Silence to Shame um, Mental Health Fitness Day in Grant Park. Yes. 
And so we are putting all of that together. We're going to do like a, mm. a hip hop yoga class. That's dope. Um, some other like holistic approaches out in the park. We might even um, do a Zumba class out there. But we're going to work with other organizations in the mental health community in Atlanta that want to partner for that. And we're going to have a ton of other guests on. Thank you if you guys have written to us um, and expressed interest in being involved. Oh, and Cameron, I know everybody's been asking you. The T-shirts. Yes, the Silence of Shame T-shirts hopefully will be up on the website for sale this week. Um, If you bought them at the conference, we'll be getting those out to you in the next week. But it's kind of a hot ticket right now. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and anybody on Instagram that's reached out to Silence of Shame, I have you written down. (laughs) I will reach out to you personally (laughs) and let you know when it's available. Yes, the T-shirts are coming. We're getting them printed this week. Um, But this is just the beginning. It is. and It's a great start. We have a dope intro now, thanks to Bistro. So anyway, peace and God bless. Make sure that you guys are taking care of yourselves and that you are continuing to silence the shame. If you or anyone you love needs a hand, please shine light on the darkness. Spark the conversation. It's time we silence the shame. Let's talk about it.